Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the Doomwatch episode, Web of Fear. The Minister of Health and Duncan, permanent secretary at a mysteriously connected ministry that somehow occasionally seems to hold Doomwatch's fate directly within their purview, are relaxing in a steam bath at a health farm on an island. A third person in the steam bath falls ill with what looks to be yellow fever. The island is quarantined. Quist has desperately been trying to get the Minister of Health to consider one of his proposals and sees the yellow fever outbreak as an opportunity to A. Offer Doomwatch's help and expertise and B. Quarter the Minister about the policy decision. Quist and Dr. Chantry, with yellow fever inoculations in arm, head to the island. At the staging area, on the way to the island, the Doomwatch team meet Dr. George, an expert on infectious tropical diseases, and Dr. Griffith and his wife. Griffith is a research scientist who, some years ago, presented a groundbreaking paper. Or it it would have been if Quist and others hadn't ground Griffith's 15-year research project into so much dust under their heels within hours, and with the paper, the man himself. Griffith must get to the island where he has been doing research. He fears that his agricultural research will be destroyed when they spray the island to kill all the yellow fever-carrying mosquitoes presumed to be there. He is denied from the island. So he goes anyway, in secret, in a desperate attempt to gather moth samples before the spraying. More people at the health farm are falling ill, despite the fact that no one is really noticing a mosquito problem around the farm. Dr. George says it looks like yellow fever, but the cells are slightly different might possibly be a new variation of yellow fever. Griffith is a man obsessed. He must complete his research, and it must be perfect before he publishes this time. However, the spraying begins before he can collect specimens from the far side of the island. He sends his wife to the apple orchards near the health farm, while he explores the old tin mine, hoping that moss specimens will have found their way in and be shielded from the spraying. The moss should be easy to find. His process causes them to turn blue. After he leaves, his wife notices that the spiders that ate the moths have also turned blue. What could that mean? Ridge has been called to the island and spots Mrs. Griffith taking moth samples in the orchard. Quist assigns him to follow her. In the spider-filled mine, Griffith falls ill and cannot make his way out unaided. When Ridge finds her at the mine head, she's worried about her husband, who should have returned by now. He takes her back to the farm where, after comparing notes, they postulate a new hypothesis. The disease isn't yellow fever, but something similar that started with the harmless virus applied to the moss and triggered a new virus when inside the spiders that preyed upon them. The spiders, in turn, pass the virus into their webs. People who come in contact with either spider or web have been exposed to the disease. Ridge must go to rescue Griffith in the mine while avoiding contact with all the spider webs, which 
he eventually does. With the island quarantined and the source of the infection identified, the outcome is hopeful that the disease has been contained. However, Griffith has died. His death will stand as a warning to all those working in the field, which is currently woefully unregulated. The end. Oh, Web of Fear had nothing to do with Yeti again. I know, I know. I was expecting it to be set on the underground, and actually it was set on Metabelis 3. Yeah. 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 Um, well, disappointment about Yeti notwithstanding, um, what, what did you think of the episode? It it was it was sort of there was a there was a a mostly entertaining episode in there I think um, certainly for the first half an hour or so it's sort of it's it's effective it doesn't have the kind of future predicting impact that that some of them do but but by the last sort of twenty minutes or so they do seem to be getting a bit desperate to find some new jeopardy oh oh look a rock fall oh look the tide's coming in it's it, oh look a spider web that i can't figure out how to clear without using my fingers yeah yeah it it doesn't it doesn't quite sustain the 50 minutes i didn't feel i think that's fair i think that's fair um there there is some well actually there's a couple things that feel like filler some more successful than others the whole rescue in the mine mm. sure that's filler that there's, there's not much to that other than just we're killing some time the whole story with griffith and his wife reliving the problems of their lives and their marriage or their their dreams and aspirations is also filler although it's Ooh. interesting filler it doesn't really advance the plot per se well what is the plot well that's a darn good question um i would put the through line of disease on island identify disease find out what caused it isolate it kill it move on is the plot the human drama of why griffith is doing this i'm not or not so much griffith but his wife well to, i was to me that's the plot the the this the story of Griffiths and his his failure. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't quite gel. It doesn't quite hang together. I I did wonder if Jerry Davis might have maybe needed Kit Peddler there to to flesh out some examples of what the hell it is he's trying to talk about in terms of these issues that that Griffiths is supposed to have had with fifteen years of work that meant. After a couple of hours, it all went down the, all went down the crapper. But um, there's yeah, built on those shaky foundations. There's an absolutely fascinating relationship, and so for me, that was the real core of this story. And I th and I think it is it is, um, it's it's Janine and the way she's written and the the performance um was, I, I looked her up stephanie bidme died tragically died at, uh, only four years after this was made but it's 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 really compelling the 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 initial scene where we first meet them and they're having the, they're, they're having this argument and you think oh it's just it's just bickering 
and they start slinging insults at each other and they absolutely collapse into laughter and you realize there is actually this much sort of deeper level of affection and faithfulness and there are so and there are all these undercurrents going on with you know the way in which griffiths is is driven and the way in which she is devoted to that and and supporting that and yet at the some at the same time she's she's sort of clear-headed enough to to try and say look look what's going on um oh i i i really liked all that i loved it i i i didn't i didn't say i didn't like it I, I, it is. It's well done, and it's one of the few chances that we've ever really had a chance uh, in in anything. I think that I can think of, not just Doomwatch, to examine the tragedy as it struck the family of the person who screwed up royally. <laughs> you know that. I mean, I think that's the interesting part about it, um, and and it is interesting. I wouldn't think that it carries the doomy watch doom watch idea it just feels like they did not have enough material with regards to the the virus story so they brought this in i mean it even they even almost say it at the beginning oh, it's like why didn't you bring why didn't you bring one of your trained assistants to do this because that would have made more sense if he was in a desperate hurry to get out there and get the job done. He would have just brought one of his assistants to do the job. But they brought the wife because the wife provides a story there for them to talk, to look at the cost that's been at Griffith, not scientifically, but emotionally. And, and... I think you could absolutely turn that on his head. I, it, to me, it's clear that he's brought his wife along because he knows that he's going to have to break some rules and and she will she will go with him essentially the, that's possible the the story that they're telling about griffiths and and janine is not as you say a a doomy doom watch investigation because you know there's 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 got to be something for them to come and reveal and it's and, and that's the story that is the the pretext that's the story that sort of fits it into the show and it's it's almost it's almost blatant because quist doesn't think the yellow fever thing is a doomwatch story he's literally just going along because he wants to corner the minister of health who is trapped yeah well it's it's yes yeah, somewhat improbably he's he's going to go all the way down to a health farm on the isles of silly just to to corner the man but i, I you know i, I don't necessarily have a a problem with that it it's a it's a series not an anthology you've got to work your regulars into it somehow and it's viable that quist could have been one of the scientists who picked holes in this paper that uh, that caused griffith so much trouble i would almost go improbably that a physicist was one of the people picking holes in that paper but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. Right, maybe not that. <laughs> it, it it was. Uh, I, I I mean, let, all right. Let's let's hit Doctor Griffith a little bit more. Then um, Quist does portray him as a brilliant scientist in a couple of ways. But how truly awful do you have to be to spend fifteen years work and and miss something so obvious? that as soon as you speak it out loud, 
at least three people rip it to shreds. Well, I don't think it's a question of it being obvious. I think the I think the issue is that he works in secrecy. So well, I think he works in secrecy now because of he's he. He even says that he's got this time. He says a good a good scientist keeps his findings to himself until he's ready to publish. Yeah, but he also is talking several times in the episode where he must not let anyone know any about this before it's absolutely perfect. So I mean, but, he's but driven that's, by that's that. A, that's, that's a really the interesting result of the idea. damage. Well, I but I'm not sure about that because because there there's. There is insufficient discussion about how it is that he comes to the point where he's presented. Well, we're told that he wasn't ready to present it, but it had been 15 years. And, yeah. you know, Janine That's says, what I mean. May, you know, maybe it should have been 20 years, not 15. Well, it's the other way around. It, there, there is the interesting question about oh, uh, uh, the, the, there is a dilemma because of the culture in which scientific investigation takes place and it's you know it's a very complex landscape but it's a dilemma that pits competition against openness because it would be better for everyone if he had presented his ideas earlier so they could be critiqued and he could get the feedback that might have picked up any flaws early on and then build on that but obviously in doing so he would have opened up the possibility of his ideas being copied and someone else getting ahead of him on whatever it is he's working on. So I think that in itself is quite an interesting idea, but it doesn't seem to be explored no. in this episode. And the real problem, I think, is it's so the, the this whole this whole issue, this whole question of of what kind of scientist is Griffiths, because we. You know, we we've got scientific leads in our show, and they are they are um, collaborative, and their whole their whole raison d'être is to shine a light, uh, you know, a spotlight on the on the murky goings on in the darker corners of scientific proceedings. So, what kind of scientist is is Griffiths, who is a secretive scientist, but also a brilliant scientist, and why might he be like that? And if the whole the whole pretext for this is that Griffiths has spent 15 years working on something and then, like a game of Jenga, you know, a couple of blocks at the bottom have pulled out and the whole thing the whole thing falls down. We need something a bit less abstract and a bit more concrete to illustrate to us how that can happen. How is it that a flaw that is so fundamental could could have gone undetected for so long because it it had essentially for all the rest of of the time that he has spent on that to have been rendered useless it has to be that he has been going in the wrong direction and that doesn't that doesn't tally quist says you know what he did was brilliant he didn't say mm-hmm. what he did was completely and utterly misguided because of a mistake he made 15 years ago so how does that work yep. it's a small flaw and yet it brings the whole thing down. It's not something that he could work with these these other scientists at the conference who have who have kind of usefully highlighted it to him in order to sort of repair the the, the problems. You know, it's it's a, a, a quick patch. It's it's like no, the whole thing is rendered useless. And Quist implies that's inevitable, and Janine implies it's petulance on Griffith's part. But we need more. I mean. 
there needs to be some kind of explanation of it. Now, your your description of this, uh, just talking through it there, has led a thought in my mind that didn't occur to me when I was watching through the episode. So here is my take, just so where I'm coming at this from. He did this thing 15 years of his life. He put it in a paper. It was so bad a physicist could take it apart in, you know, in genetics, a genetics paper. It sounds like it's in some form of genetics paper that, you know, it, it's something so fundamental that not nobody got it, that they took it apart in three hours or less, um, which is really terrible. But my take on it, because Quist then says it, most scientists would carry on and, and use that to build upon, but he didn't. He just chucked it all and disappeared. Now, my interpretation then is that he then went on to, because Quist said he did, he chucked that all. He went to something different. He's been working on that for the past, I think it's six years on this particular project. And it's a completely different project. And he's not going to tell anybody ever, ever at all until he is so 100% sure that, you know, this is part of the, the scar damage that's, that's, that's built up from that horrific experience that he experienced. But now that you talk it through and I don't disagree with anything you say that I'm going to ask this question is Quist wrong is this the same research he was working on for the first 15 years I think it's related to it because that could explain why I mean no one would know he's working on it if he went into full secret mode so he could have continued the same research don't know I mean I I would assume that he didn't switch into a completely different line of maybe his old no first I know I don't in physics and now he's gone on to genetics I, I don't know I don't think or it's completely virology. different but but it doesn't take six years to sort out a couple of minor flaws. Well, he he spent. Uh, he, we know we've done. He's done at least three more years of research in the orchards. So it's possible that he. I don't know. I assume that they were completely different projects, but but somehow I'm I'm beginning to wonder because I'd like to think that that fifteen years wasn't completely wasted. Uh, just you know, completely. But. Otherwise, somebody else should have picked it up and gone run with it. Yes, precisely, precisely. And I, I, it just doesn't feel to me like any of that has has been explored. I mean, there are all sorts of ways you could have you could have had this story go if if he really did kind of walk away from it because he was so mortified or angry or whatever that uh, people had pointed out the flaws and then someone else had built on it and been successful with it well that would be one thing but it doesn't that changes his character his he he's he is supposed to be somewhat brilliant did his wife wait way way too long to tell him the truth that you were you were at fault i i guess it wouldn't have hurt to have told him a bit earlier but i don't know whether he would have listened he doesn't really listen when she does say so I wonder if they've had that conversation before and he's just put it out of his mind. It didn't I, sound like I, it sounded I to me that. like she was just finally willing to express it for the first time, the way she kind of tentatively brought it out. I don't know. I mean, it's I, it was maybe tentative because she was not expressing it until they'd had a couple of glasses of wine. And, and you know, maybe that's that's a pattern that has repeated. But I... I <laughs> Maybe that's why his paper wasn't right. He spent a little too much time on that wine. I didn't. <laughs> well, 
I didn't get that, but I mean, he did it. I did kind of get the impression that they overslept in the morning because they'd been drinking. Yeah. Which is again, caused him to not get his blue moss in the field and ultimately led to his death, but it wasn't well, very explicit. Well, if he hadn't gone into the mines, he wouldn't have. Yes. Yes. If, if this, if that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's his downfall. In, in more than one way. Along with illegally uh, entering Breaking the quarantine. island under quarantine, yes. Well, that would have all gone away if he'd had a brilliant discovery that would save mankind uh, millions in props. So let's talk about viruses as pest control. Uh, yeah. we, we've, we've asked the question about Doomwatch uh, being a science fiction show or not, and we've, we've always aired on the side of sometimes quite science fiction other times pretty close to the pretty close to the day and age oddly enough i tried to do a little research on viruses as pest control and for example the journal viruses i love their names uh in 2014 put out a solicitation for a special issue that they were going to do of papers with regards to viruses and pest control which I couldn't find the actual edition, but I found the solicitation for it. And the preface to it says something along the line, we have long known of the potential of viruses as pest control. And that makes me think that in 2014, it still wasn't particularly viable. Well, hang potential, on Potential, but viable. I can only so find three actually, examples of it actually use. They mention it in the show. They mention it. And that's film. one of the three. <laughs> That's one of the three I could find where it's actually been used in the real world. Rats in Australia, and then again, rats in New Zealand, which, by the way, both instances, guess what? The rats developed immune uh, resistance mm -hmm. and now have, that doesn't work. And the gypsy moth in the United States. Now, I'm not saying there aren't others because uh, I'll admit my research time was down to about 30 minutes. Makes and a lot of it, a lot of... Um, in in what way? Well, myxomatosis. Myxomatosis was introduced in Australia, France, and Chile, and wiped out uh, a huge proportion of the rabbit population. Interesting. Mine is it's a rabbit hemorrhagic disease was introduced and wiped out a huge portion of the rabbit population. Where, where was that introduced? Australia, New Zealand. Didn't get chilly huh. out of it. Well, myxomatosis so, was introduced in France, but it but it has come over to the UK and presumably has spread all over Europe. Hmm. And that was that was in the, that was in the nineteen fifties, so well before this episode. And I, I'm sure they mentioned it in the episode. I thought they and, mentioned the. I thought they were talking about the hemorrhagic disease with the Australian rabbits, but maybe maybe that was another attempt. I don't know. It, like I said, it was seemed to be a rather obtuse Google search. It did not produce very satisfactory result, results, possibly because, unfortunately, the word viral has come to take on a different meaning and is screwing up the results. Yes, so you, you're, you're blaming the, the, the virus researchers for lack of search engine optimization. No, I'm not blaming the virus researchers. I'm just... I'm, no, I'm making... Uh, a commentary on the difficulty of doing Google research. Plus, I found yes, quite a yes, few papers yes, yes. that were behind paywalls, journal paywalls. Yes. 
It's like, I can't get, oh, I'm not going to pay 35 pounds to read this. I wouldn't understand it if I did. No, well, so, I I might have access to those, but any, but anyway, I'm I think I think the 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 kind of the upshot in this episode appears to be that they haven't hit on something that resonates in the same way as they have in some of the previous episodes, in the sense that fifty years later it is still absolutely very much a live issue, and it also, I mean, going back to the uh, the the pricking thumbs. Uh, extra mm-hmm. Y chromosome story, which was not necessarily something that resonated with us now, but was a story that was relating to something that was really pretty current science at the time Doomwatch was made. Whereas myxomatosis being 20 years previously, and I don't know what the dates were on the, the examples you found, it, it it doesn't seem, I don't know, it seems more like even at the time they were reaching a bit. Oh, they were definitely in the late sixties for the, or sometime in the sixties for the Australian rabbits. So it was, it was prior to that. So that was, so that may well have been the, the actual inspiration. Uh, I think New Zealand was done after this. So it was a second, second wave. But what I, what I got was after about 10 years, apparently the rabbits reached a point where they just didn't care anymore. Yeah. And it remains to be seen what happens with the gypsy moth, which is decimating the forests in north america but anyway i guess i guess you're right it doesn't exactly resonate with us partially because it doesn't appear to have been a thing that has taken off as much as they perhaps once thought it would Hmm. and and it sounds like they still think it might take off it just hasn't done as much as they thought it would so you know this may happen in another five ten years and then suddenly explode yeah we'll have to do a follow-up and then it'd be an, an incredibly prescient Doomwatch episode. We finally got the virus. But yeah, right now it, it kind of stands as something it's, that's something that is a very promising field of research just hasn't really caught on. And I don't know why, whether it just isn't viable or whether it's just too uncontrollable. Um, probably too many government regulations. It's That's probably what it is. It's probably governments just put too many regulations on freewheeling scientists doing doing good work out there a lot of good and, good and work chris being done. S- stopped it all yeah Definitely. it's all chris's fault this this island put an end to it right right here <laughs> okay i didn't understand why they needed to use duncan in this episode unless they just you know like him <laughs> but it kind of it kind of doesn't really go anywhere there doesn't really appear to be much in the way of a working relationship between him and Quist. So, and then he gets sick. Well, they, no, I've, there's a, well, I don't know about him and Quist. There's, certain, there's, a, there's, I thought there was a certain mutual respect between him and Ridge in The Red Sky. Yes, I think so. But I, we don't really get any of that in this story, I guess true. is what I'm saying. No, it's just, true. What, it just happens yeah. to be Duncan is here. I mean, it's, it's he, a yes, bad he, enough coincidence that Quist and Griffith uh, and Quist was the guy that demolished Griffith's paper, and you know, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a huge coincidence. Fast, and Duncan seems to be just one extra that didn't make a lot of sense. Well, except that Quist has gone. Quist has gone there to see the health minister. What what puzzles me, and this this comes back to trying to unpick the different ministries that are involved and follow up on the work that we began when we were 
discussing um, uh, flight into yesterday because we have we we have assumed that Duncan is the permanent secretary to the Ministry of whatever John Barron, you know, whatever <laughs> whatever John Barron's ministry is, uh, that's that's where Duncan belongs because the the two of them appeared together in flight into yesterday and because that ministry appears to be the kind of most important ministry in terms of the day-to-day work that Doomwatch do. Mm-hmm. And it could be that the health farm thing is a thing, you know, there's there's some sort of arrangement where government employees get to go there and so it it is a it's coincidence. Like the club. Yeah. that the health minister is there at the same time as Duncan, except in that opening scene, they appear to be doing some sort of work together. That's true. And it, it appears to be quite a close working relationship. They're conducting a meeting in a sauna. And so you, uh, yeah, you do kind of wonder whether Duncan's got a new job in the Ministry of Health or what's going on there. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was, I was a little worried in that scene when the, uh, the minister started flapping his uh, leaves yeah, I thought, no, no, don't move those leaves. Keep them there. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh okay, he's got a towel, too. <clears throat> British television's a bit different than American television. You never can tell when something's going to pop up that you weren't expecting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I just thought that was kind of strange. I do, uh, I've always liked the actor, the weird-looking actor who plays the minister. Um, John Savident. Savident, yes, that's it. Um, he's been, obviously he's in Yes Minister as I can't remember what role he plays, but he's one of Humphrey's, uh, club buddies. And, uh, on a, on a fairly regular basis, I've seen him in Blake seven. Um, don't recall ever seeing him in Doctor Who, but, um, what I do like, and, and this is true with Duncan, this is true with the minister. This is true of basically everyone in this episode, except for Griffith. They're all Okay. They're all competent at their job. No, Griffith is the one that caused this problem because of his secretive nature. He is, I'm not saying he's, that's not, he's not brilliant. That's not, okay. Griffith makes unfortunate choices in this episode, breaking quarantine, maintaining his secrecy. Uh, He obviously didn't maintain sufficient controls here that he wouldn't have got the spider issue. Griffith is the problem in this episode. Everyone else in this episode does their job competently. Yep. And doesn't even the the governor government ministers when you know the the minister of health complains a little bit about being trapped on the island Duncan reminds him it's your own regulation he says you know I should be doing what I preach but doing, even practicing even what Griffiths I preach is, you know as you say even Griffiths if he hadn't overslept you know it it would have all worked out so well apart well, it from might have apart from the various other people dying yeah, actually would that. it have worked out because if he had gotten the samples and gotten off the island would they have discovered that the spiders were the vector good point good point yeah so i mean he'd, he'd have kept that a secret and he wouldn't have told anybody and they would not have had that clue that i think finally put him on the put him on the right track so i know J- you know, john, Sa- john savident is um just t- because um it's missing so it it's it's not been discussed but he he is reappearing as the minister in this he was in okay. uh 
episode three of series one called Burial at Sea, playing, quote, the minister, which I presume is the same character as in this, I have an idea that there has been another minister in there has. the health ministry. I, um, I feel like there I, was in the rat one. When, yeah, when, they how, were, yeah, when how, he was trying to get the... He was trying to get how, them to spray the sewers. He was talking to some minister, and I don't think it was the same actor. It was Hamilton Dice in, in Tomorrow the Rat, who reappeared as the minister in Survival Code. Um, again, quote the minister. We don't have the the episode, so I don't know. I don't know whether he was referred to as a health minister. That I could rewatch Tomorrow the the Rat because that I you know I think think that is the one where it's ringing a bell. Unless it was the battery people where the minister was in in the Department of Health, I can't remember. But um, that, that that's that's you my watch update on Minister Watch. I think you should watch both of them because I think that I think well I'd love to watch Survival Code, but the I the battery can't. no I mean the battery oh, I see, people yes. and the, sorry uh, yes I think in the battery people. There is a, an absolute direct statement that Quist says that this guy is the new minister over them, which it, would have over them but, doesn't mean anything until we know more about the 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 accountability for Doomwatch itself. But my commentary on flight into yesterday, where I complained mildly that we had had no typical television movie drama foreshadowing in any way of the minister's heart attack which would be very very uh very very common in this one we totally got check off spider <laughs> very early in the episode when duncan goes oh minister you've got a spider on you <laughs> it's like you're like wow well that that piece of dialogue wasn't put in there just for fun <laughs> think Think we know where the problem is on this island? Oh wait, mm. web of fear. Hadn't even at that moment. Prior to that moment, I had not put spiders in this until he said that. It's like, boom, dun dun dun. I got it. It's spiders. It's got to be the spiders. One quibble. Just I, I think I already mentioned it, but it 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 bugged me sufficiently during the episode that I'm going to bring it up again in in its full form. When Ridge and Griffith, or when Gridge is dragging Griffith out the tunnel and Ridge intentionally did not wear a hat and face mask because it ruins his hairdo. Not only has he managed to shred his gloves so that they are now useless protection against spider webs and therefore probably useless protection against touching Griffith who's covered in spider webs. But Ridge, the MI6 man can't figure out a way to clear a spider web without touching it with something in his possession. That just amazed me. He just gets to that spider web and he's like, oh, gloves. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Like, I don't know. You're wearing Limbo. a jacket. <laughs> you're wearing a jacket. You could take it off. Uh, you could pull your shoe off and use the shoe. Uh, you could use the already infected man. Look. Uh, <laughs> All sorts of things that are just right there that could prevent you from touching a spider web, and yet we're going to try to sneak under it. Yeah. Yes, but but I mean that is not a defense. It's just I didn't care by that point. It had all become so contrived. Yes, it I, was. It was contrived. That was just on like one one more contrivance over the top. It's like really. <laughs> it's like, 
We're never going to get out this way. I think it was way. the rock fall that did it for me. It was like up to that point, I was, I was willing to buy most most of what they were selling. But yeah, after the well, they after did the at rock least and... they did at least prep the rock fall for you because when Griffith was stumbling around in there, he knocked one of the supports out. Yeah, yeah, no, I. I mean, I you go into an old mine in a TV show, you know it's going to collapse. I mean, you don't go into a mine for any other reason than to get trapped in it. That's that's just, I mean, that's just basic television 101. I, I would love to see if there's actually ever been a show where somebody went into a rickety old mine and didn't get trapped in it. That that would be an interesting study. I, what what didn't seem to work very well for me was the fact that they were in that big central brick column and where he found Griffith and Ridge looks up the ladder's busted and he looks what 15 feet up to the blue sky and he's like well we're never going to get out that way it's like I don't know a rescue party could probably put a rope down there well yes and again and Ridge could probably climb up there if he didn't take Griffiths which and get a rescue be, party, and exactly, then... which would be a way of, of of getting help and get and getting people there. The tide, if it's coming in, well, you know, it's going to take six hours to come in. I don't know what the tidal fall is around the Isles of Scilly. I guess it might might be fairly big, but looking at the vegetation there, I don't think that that was being covered by salt water on a regular basis. There probably would have been a mark on the side of the. Uh bricks too there would, right there would have been there would have been several marks yes at different different levels of the the tide and yes yeah i don't live near water so my tides are not my thing but the times i've been near water you can usually kind of tell where the high tide is because of debris in, in, there, there, there are water wear yeah barn you know there, there will Barnacles, be yeah. there'll be a lack of certain things um like uh, freshwater plants, grasses, um, or grass, you know, it'll grow in the edges that are occasionally covered by the salt water, but, uh, or lichen, I guess probably too damp for that. Uh, mosses wouldn't grow in the salt, but you'd have certain seaweeds a little, a little further down, uh, barnacles. Um, yeah, so there are all sorts of things, depending on how much of the, the time they like to be covered that that you know that will determine how uh, how much they proliferate and you you would be able to see all of that if the tide were out and rising of course if the tide is in it's not a threat because like well yep. the tide's going to go out okay we're fine that's would they have problem. built it would they have built that tunnel system below tide yes yes that seemed kind of weird to I'm, I'm assuming so i mean it's a it's a it's a tin mine. It's a tin mine. Time like, to get out. You know the Cornish tin mines were were, uh, the, you know they often went below sea level. They typically didn't let them get exposed to the sea, though, right? No, no. It, but okay. it was it was a it was disused. So okay, yeah. And we don't know why. I mean, one reason why you might abandon a mine would be if it got full of sea. Fair enough. I don't know that I have anything else for this episode. No, I'm done with it. <laughs> Once again, I did not check to see what the next episode... Oh, it's in... In the Dark. In the Dark? In the yep. Dark, yes. Okay. I did check because In the Dark is scheduled to be our last posted episode of 2019. Oh. I just happened to be looking so, at the release schedule. Due December 30th. That's assuming I don't change the schedule. So, uh, 
<laughs> between now and then for some reason anyway all right well simon thank you for joining me it's a pleasure as always and listeners i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol you've been listening to fusion patrol a listener supported podcast find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. <laughs>